This is the Seven Hills Church Podcast, where you'll hear incredible teaching from our very own Pastor Marcus Meekham. If you enjoy what you hear, you can subscribe anywhere you get your podcast to get brand new episodes waiting for you every week. You can also download our free smartphone app to see even more exclusive content and to get connected with the life of Seven Hills. Let's get right to the message, and thanks again for being with us. Turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 10. I'll get there in just a moment. Want to go over a couple of things. First of all, how many of you have been a part of the fast before at any capacity? Just by a show of hands, really quick. How many of you participated in the fast? Okay, really quick. All right, great. How many of you have not? How many of you have not? Just kind of do like a little side hand to me. I'll see you. No one else will. You don't have to be ashamed of that. No shame in your game. If you haven't been a part of the fast, or maybe you're saying, what is a fast? What is this all about? Uh, We are starting our new series, 2020 Vision. We believe that this next decade has a lot of potential in it. We believe God has a lot for you in this next decade. And we're wanting to set the course for it. And we as a church for the past 14 years uh, have taken part in a 21-day annual fast where we just take 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, we believe that God can do some amazing things within these 21 days. And... um, Here's the big thing. There's no pressure to participate in the fast and you're not gonna be in trouble. No one's watching you. Um, But we do believe that everyone at some level can take part in the fast. There's many different types of fasts you can do. You can fast social media. You can fast sweets. Of course, maybe just that's a real simple way to start uh, things off. Uh, Many people partake in the Daniel fast, which the Daniel fast is... um, primarily uh, vegetables, fruits, nuts, um, and just liquids. And so, uh, so you can partake in, in, in that fast. Some people do an all liquid fast um, and uh, some people just do it a partial fast, which they take, uh, maybe they fast lunch or they do something like that. Um, there's a ton of different ones and I would encourage you to download the Seven Hills app. And uh, there's a ton of fasting resources on there. You'll see the 2020 Vision logo there. You can click on that. You'll see recipes, all that kind of stuff. All the resources are there online as well. And so that'll be a resource to you. But um, I, I think that the, the big thing is, again, before you do any fast, consult your doctor. I don't want anyone fainting here. Um, and, and, and sometimes people say, well, I'm not going to get enough to eat. But I don't think people are dying from not eating enough. They're dying from eating too much. Amen. But... Um, Uh, But really fasting is just defined as abstaining from something, primarily again, food, but you can do anything, abstaining with a spiritual purpose. Abstaining with a spiritual purpose. I think I want to underline the spiritual purpose there because a lot of times we get obsessed with what recipes can I do? What food do I need to buy? Just getting obsessed with that part of it. And I I wouldn't start there. You need to start... uh, with the spiritual purpose, because otherwise it's just a diet. And um, great, it's amazing you know, to start off your year being healthy, but a fast primarily is a spiritual thing. And that's why we gave everybody these cards when you came in. Did everyone get a card as, as they walked? If you didn't, you can get on your way out. But uh, on this, there's a ton of resources on there. Primarily, you're going to take a look. We have prayer uh, happening on Tuesday nights for men starting this uh, Tuesday. So the fast starts tomorrow. Uh-oh. And, um, and, um, and again, it'll go for 21 days. And then women's prayer is on Thursday night. For young people, it'll be on Wednesday, so college night, uh, Legacy. 
And, uh, and, so, and so we'd love to see you out for that as well. But on the back, it says, I'm praying and fasting for. And that's, I think, where you start. So you say, well, I'm going to start the fast. How do I start the fast? What, what do I even do? What is this about? And you write on the back of this card. We, we say a good number is seven, seven things maybe you're believing God for. You need to answer this question. What do you want to see God do in 2020? What do you want to see God do? What areas are you wanting to take authority over? And you simply write those down and you keep it in your Bible. You try to be at as many prayer times as you can be at. And then of course, attend on the weekend. Pastor Marcus will be here next weekend and you wanna be here. Um, and, and, you, and you keep this card because this is how you focus your faith. This gives your fast a target. And some people say, well, what? What do I put on the card? Here's a couple categories. Number one, I think a great category to put on there is uh, fast for our nation. I believe, I believe you can fast for our nation. Uh, and uh, and I, I would put that on there. I would, I would pray for God's hand to be on America now more than ever. And uh, I think that's very important. I think it's great. Um, no, num- number two, I think that you can fast for uh, relationships in your life, family, friends, loved ones, uh, your marriage, any relationship in your life with other people. I think you can fast for them. Specifically, what do you want to see God do in their life? And then number three, I think you fast for something individually. Maybe there's a habit that you just can't break. Maybe there's an attitude. Uh, maybe there is uh, certain uh, ways of thinking that, that, that you're wanting to fast. Maybe, maybe it is social media. Maybe, maybe that's what you need to do and you want God to break comparison off your life. I, I don't know what God needs to do, but I believe that in those three categories, you can easily find things that you want to happen in your life. And, and what I would say is don't take this time lightly, whether you've done the fast or haven't done the fast. If you have done the fast, I would say take it up a notch. And if there's any goal, if there's any goal at the end of this message, it's that every person in this room would take a part of this because God can do a lot of things through a fast. I, did, I didn't, if you've never been a part of it, God can do a lot of things. And, and, and here's, I think, the big key. The things you're fasting, if it doesn't move you, it doesn't move God, right? I'm going to fast broccoli. I hate broccoli anyway. Okay, well, that doesn't move you. Well, it doesn't move God. So uh, choose something that, that you desire, and, and, and I'm going to preach a little bit about, about there's a lot that a fast can do for you. There's a lot. There's a lot. And there's a lot that God wants to do in and through your life. And so I think that's what I want to help you with today. I want to answer this question. That's the title of my message. What can fasting do for me? What can fasting do for me? Exodus chapter 17 Moses and the Israelites are fighting this enemy called the Amicalites. And God told Moses, hey, you're about to battle them. I want you to go on the top of this mountain. And here's what I want you to do, Moses. Very important. I want you to to lift up your hands. And Moses, as long as you've lifted up your hands, you've got the staff that I gave in, in your hands. It's my staff. I want you to lift your hands. And as long as your hands are lifted, you'll win the battle. But the hands... They have to stay lifted. Moses, if you lower your hands, you'll start to lose the war. But if your hands are lifted, you're going to win. And so as long as his hands were raised toward heaven, God's people were winning. But the moment his hands started to 
falter is when the angels would kind of retreat. But as long as those hands were lifted, and what's interesting is that God asked him to do a physical thing. It was a physical command. In other words, what he did with his body, as long as he had physical obedience to the Lord, it brought spiritual release. Physical obedience brings spiritual release. If God could win the battle, he would just win the battle. But there was something about Moses physically raising his hands that God did something with. And I believe the same is for us, that, that somehow there's a connection between what we do physically that makes a difference in the unseen worlds. Hands are raised, and as long as Moses obeys what God says with a physical act, the battle is won because of what he is physically doing. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, it says, I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands, and not, watch this, without wrath and doubting. In other words, don't question what God, what, 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 what good does it do? What, what's, what's God doing with this? My hands have to be raised? What, what? Be careful arguing with God what God asks you to do. Because a lot of times, we operate, especially in this day and age, we think everything is feelings and intellect. Um, in other words, I feel like I'm humble. I'm just a humble person. So therefore, I never have to get on my knees before God. I, I never have to. I never have to physically do that. God knows that I love him. I, I don't need to show that. I, I feel like I have faith, so I actually don't have to put my faith into something physical. I, I don't have to actually go out there and risk anything. God, God knows that. He, he knows exactly how I feel. Be careful because many times everything gets reduced to inward and internal and no outward manifestation. Think about it in your own household. If you just say you love your spouse all the time and you never show it, how many of you know that's gonna catch up to you? At some point, you gotta show her you love her. You, you, have to, you can't just say it, you have to do it. It, it, it's the cross. God demonstrated his love for us. God didn't just say it. He didn't just proclaim it. He demonstrated his love with a physical act by getting up on that cross for you and for me. And this is, and this is kind of, I believe, when we, when we look at this fast, when God asks us to do things physically, it's, it's, a, it's an ask. God asks us, what, what can this fast do for me? I don't understand why God wants a physical act. Why can't God just bless me? Why can't God just use me? Why can't God just do it? Why can't God just zap me from heaven and, and boom, I get my blessing? There, I don't know. I don't know why he doesn't do it that that way. There's something about the physical act that God requires from us because there's a connection between the physical action and the spiritual realm. And I believe that when you take part of a fast, something gets released over your life. And I don't know what you need today, but I believe that some of you need God's power operating in your life. I believe that some of you need God's favor operating in your life. I believe that some of you need God's protection in your life. I believe that some of you need some divine health in your life. Some of you need some miracles. Some of you need God's blessing on your life. And I believe a fast is a way that many of those things are released over your life and over your family and over your workplace if you'll simply physically obey what God is asking you to do. So what can a fast do? What can a fast do for me? I don't, 
I'm hearing this. I, I, what can a fast do for me? And we take a look in uh, Daniel chapter 10, verse 2. And Daniel is, this is where we get the Daniel fast from. There is a war that's coming and Daniel is mourning this war that's imminent that he knows is coming. And he decides to fast. And this is, this is what we're reading about. It says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. That's where we get the 21 days. It says, I ate no pleasant food. And underline that word pleasant. I'm in the New King James Version, but pleasant, this, this word pleasant is translated out. It means desirable. I, I ate no desirable food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. I'm skipping forward to verse 10. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, this is an angel speaking to him on behalf of the Lord. Oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved. That, that word there, uh, beloved, actually translates out as the same word desirable. So, so if you skip up, he ate no desirable food. And then God tells him, oh, Daniel, man greatly desired. So because he pushed back the desirable, God then desired him. Very interesting. Very interesting. And he said, the angel said to him, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. So look at this, Daniel, he ate no desirable bread. He just didn't have the rich foods that were at the table for three weeks. And God's response was, oh, Daniel, you are greatly desired by me. And I think we get a really good picture of what gets God's attention. For some reason, this gets God's attention. And favor is released on Daniel's life. There's a difference between God's love and God's favor. God's love, you always have it. There's nothing you can do to earn God's love. There's nothing you can do more that God will love you more for doing something or God will love you any less. It's always true. He always loves you no matter what. Even, even when you were still yet a sinner, Jesus died for you. There's nothing that you have ever done to earn a thing. But Daniel earns God's attention and he earns the favor of God in an increased way. Favor is different. It's given as a gift. Its increase is dependent on what we do to gain God's favor. The favor of God does not come in its fullness until you do certain things to get God's attention. And this is Daniel's story. It's an unusual increase of favor. And God said, you have become desirable to me because you gave up that which was desirable. And what can a fast do for you? It gets God's attention. It shows God that you're serious. It shows God that you say, oh God, I desire that, but I desire this more. What is it you desire? You know, and um, Christmas Eve, um, I was up here on the front row and there was uh, an amazing woman. She came up and she was like, hey, I don't know if you're looking for a story, uh, but she was like, man, I, I, me and my husband, we were basically, we were sterile. We just told us it's not gonna happen. We're never gonna have children. And she's like, so I just decided on last year's fast. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go big. I'm gonna say, God, I am fasting that we become pregnant. And she's like, I kind of 
put it on there and I took the fast seriously. And she's like, sure enough, we were pregnant in February. And she said, not only that, she said, not only that, but God told me during the fast that the birth would be painless. And she was like, God, you're, you're, and she said, sure enough, that nine months later, we had the child and it was a painless birth. And my wife said, why didn't I get that? And I said, because God doesn't love you as much. Obviously, you had a Snickers during the fast. You were disobedient. Um, but, but I, I think sometimes, I, I'm not saying that's, that's true for every fast. Because God's going to answer how he's going to answer. The big thing is, is that you're being obedient. And you can ask God for big things. And, and when you ask God for big things, you can just ask and you can say, but there's something different when you do. You can say it all day long, God, I really, I really desire for you to move and not change a thing about your lifestyle. See, you think that a decade is going to change you, but you'll still be the same person if you don't change your behavior. If you don't change how you follow God, you can talk all day long. But until you do, until you, until you are a part of dropping off backpacks to kids in need, it's an amazing moment when you, when you, when you do it. And that's why I love this church, because you do. You don't just say you do. And, and it really does make an impact, and people see it. And, and, so, and so miracles come. Favor comes. God will raise you up like he raised Daniel up if you'll get his attention. And, and many of us, I look at this and I'm like, so what? He didn't have wine? Good job. <laughs> you know, he, he didn't have cake? Cool. I mean, that doesn't really, what does that even mean? I don't really feel like that means a lot. Um, and what I would say is um, I look at this church and I look at the wonderful things that this church is doing. I look and I, sometimes I look and I think like, Why? Like, why? And I look back and I've looked at 14 years now, we've done the fast. Pastor Marcus was called a fast. It was one of the first things that he did. He got here and in January, he's like, we're gonna do a fast. And I remember, I had never done a fast before. I was young, I didn't know anything about it. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. And I remember being really young and I remember getting, imagine this, $400 worth of produce. I don't even know how you do it. $400, and we were like, we're gonna do this. I'd never seen so much celery in my life. And we're like loading up our fridge, and this is like, this is how we're gonna do it. And I remember pulling up to the church. We were one day in, and I was like, <sighs> famished. And I remember just looking over at that glorious, beautiful, big boy statue, and I was like, wow. <laughs> day one. And Kate and I were, can't do it. And we broke down and we had a massive big boy and, pa and we told pastor, we were, we were slunken and just totally beat up. And he was like, I, I, I understand. He's like, I, that, that happened to me on my first fast this, the same way. And, um, but I remember after that, the, the next fast was easier and we, we, we got more and more into it. And, um, and I think about what makes this church, this church, and I look into the little window back in those days of the kids area. That area may not mean a lot to you, but it means a lot to me. I've spent many, 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 many hours in that room. Uh, I started here 14 years ago as the children's pastor. 
And I'll never forget, I, I like begged there to be people at the church. Like, I know that that's really weird sounding. But I was like, God, please just bring the people, bring the people. And, and, and I remember being back there building children's sets at like 2 a.m. It was like me and one other volunteer. And I remember staying up all night on Saturday night before we had Saturday night service. I remember like obsessing over something for the kids that I thought was going to be so mind-blowing. And then of course, if you do children's ministry at all, you realize you have to throw everything out the window because it never works, but that's okay. But I, I remember being so obsessed with it. And, and, and I walk around that room now that's ripped apart, this room that I cared so much about. And I look back on it and I'm like, oh, I cared so much about a kid's sermon. What did I even, look at this room, it's all ripped up. What did this even matter? And God like, the Holy Spirit like gripped me and it corrected me. It said, it meant a lot to me. And, and I feel like that's a word for somebody. You look at the physical act of what you're doing, and it doesn't mean a lot. No one's like, good job. I believe that's a word to the mothers in this room. Nobody's saying, good job. When the kids are, and you're just going crazy, and no one's giving a hand. But, but you need to remember, the greatest thing God desires is a godly seed. Wow. That's the great, you want to know what God's like? Oh man, I'm all about this. God cares about your career. He loves it. That's great. But if you lose your children in the process, he's not about that. He's about where is my godly seed? Do your children love me? And I just, I just feel like the Holy Spirit wanted to tell all the moms out there and all the dads out there that are doing their best to, to spend quality time, do what you can to be there. Sometimes you don't have to say the perfect thing, but you're there. You don't have to say the perfect thing, but you're bringing them to church. You don't have to say the perfect thing, but God is at, in some way a part of your household. I just need to let you know, you're like, it's just little. Nobody cares, God cares. And God sees and it gets God's attention. I just need to let you know that. I just felt like that was for somebody. And I, and I look at this church and I look at all the little things that you do and you think it's little, but I look back to those little moments and I believe that God said, you have what you have now because of the little moments that you felt that no one cared, no one saw, but I saw and I honor those moments. I honor those moments. And, and that's what I look at Daniel. We're like, what does that even mean? What does that even do? And because he did something little, a physical act, God said, I desire that man. I desire that man. And I believe that through this fast, God is looking at your life. And, and wouldn't it be great that not just God says Daniel's name, but God will say your name? Oh, you're very desirable to me. I want God to say that to you. I want God to say that over your family. Because it gets God said, if you want, you want to make God have a rubber neck, who, what? <laughs> Take the fast seriously. Don't do it as a diet. Do it as, God, I need you to show up in this area of my life. Or this next decade, I'm not going to make it. Put it on there and watch what God will do. I feel like that's what God has been saying this year to me. There are things that Kate and I are believing God for this year. And I wanted to share it with you, not 
um, I wouldn't do this uh, otherwise. I just want to maybe encourage you um, because it just helps me to um, help you think of the things that maybe you didn't know maybe you could ask God for. And so these are the things that I'm asking God for. And again, by the way, don't let everyone know that you're fasting. Don't go to the gym and be like, hey, I'm really famished. You know why? Because I'm fasting. (laughs) And um, also it's because I'm getting the favor of God on my life and you probably don't. (laughs) Not a good look. By the way, I go to Seven Hills. (laughs) Pastor Marcus and Matt told me to tell you that. No, please don't. Please don't. Um, keep, it, uh, keep it to yourself. Um, but, but these are the things that I believe that God is speaking to me and I'm asking for more of um, in my life. The first thing I'm asking for more of is the Lord's anointing in my life. I believe you can ask God for his anointing. This sounds like a very churchy word, but anointing really just means um, the operation of the Holy Spirit the power of his presence. I'm, I'm asking God for his anointing on my life. And the anointing on your life is a special touch of God. It's the presence of God on your life. And when God's presence is on your life, it actually points people to Jesus. Uh, you know that the anointing is on your life when people, just as a result of being around you, they're more drawn to Jesus as a result of your life, right? So you can always see, I can always see pockets of people in the church. If, if they're, they're, they're anointed, if they actually draw closer to the Lord in the church, but if they draw away from the church and God, then I know that the anointing is not there. So I'm asking for God to be, and I, and I talked with the worship team and I just said, listen, I want this to be a year of the anointing. I, I think all of you are talented. And many of you know, we have probably the most anointed worship leader in Pastor Luke Wren ever. And Pam, Pastor Sarah, and Pastor Marcus, I believe the anointing is there. But I believe that you can have the anointing, because the anointing is this. Uh, Many of us, we operate off of talent. There's a lot of talent in this church, not only on this stage, but many of you are business leaders. Many of you are leaders in the community, and you have a lot of talent. You can get through based on your talent. And talent says, look at me, okay? The anointing says, look at God. And so, and so, and so I, I, I wanted to challenge the worship team to say, hey, this year, I wonder, what if you got in his presence, received his anointing, and when you stepped on the stage, you weren't trying to hit the right notes, you were trying to get people not to say, oh, in awe of your voice, but in awe of Jesus. There's a difference, there's a difference when you, when you, when you, when you sing that way, there's just, there's just a way about it. And the same thing in preaching, the same thing in all that. And so I'm asking God for his presence and anointing to be on me, to be on this church, to be on your life. I'm asking for more of it because it's awesome to have God's anointing on your life. Second thing I'm asking for is a release of divine health and long life. A release of divine health. Divine health makes doctors go, what? Because if you know my struggles, our, our daughter's now two. We've dealt with ventilators, that's gone. We've dealt with trachs, that's gone. We've dealt with uh, hospitalizations. And, you know, to me, uh, Kate and I are believing that God's going to release his divine health and that it'll be like it never happened. 
I, that, that, that's what I'm saying. I, I, want, I want doctors to be baffled. I want, and, and, I, and I'm asking for a long life. Genesis 15, 15 said that, that God told Abraham, you're gonna live to a good old age. And so I'm declaring that over my parents. I'm declaring that over Kate's parents. I'm declaring that over your life, that you will live a long life with divine health. I don't know who needs divine health. I don't know who needs to baffle some doctors this year, but I'm asking God through my fast to say, God, I need this in my life. I want this for my family. I want this for the amazing people in our church for divine health and long life. I feel that's a word for somebody. And lastly, this is a, this is a big one for me. I don't know why God's put this on my heart. I'm fasting. This is a personal one for me. I'm fasting dress rehearsing tragedy. It's kind of, of a weird thing, but I'm fasting dress rehearsing tragedy for the joy of the Lord. There is a psychologist and her name is Brene Brown. And she says that all of us, we do this and you'll probably agree after I'm done saying this. Um, she says that when something good happens, our immediate thought is that we better not let ourselves truly feel it. Because if we really love something, we could lose it. So we shut down our ability to completely enjoy so that we can also shut down our capacity for feeling loss. It says that in moments of joyfulness, we try to beat vulnerability to the punch. And here's what she said. If you cannot tolerate joy, what you do is you start dress rehearsing tragedy. You do this. You're watching your kids open presents. Oh man, what if they die? Don't act like y'all don't do that. You, you're, 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 everything's going great. And the first thought you think is, man, I hope, man, it's just a matter of time before I get the phone call for a car accident. Don't we do this? We, we should be praising God. We, we should be experiencing like this joy. We, we look back on our past and we're way further than we were. And we start to think, oh, I, I could fall. And we, and we do something, and she actually describes it as something called foreboding joy. We don't actually fully experience joy. And God spoke to me immediately and said, yeah, you know why that happens? Because the enemy comes to first steal. And think about this. He comes to steal what? Joy. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if joy is my strength, and the enemy steals my joy, then what has he stolen? He's stolen my strength. And so if I can't experience joy, I have no strength. And have you ever done a workout where you can't lift something? It's horrible. You get the cold sweat. You're like, I'm horrible at this. You feel like a failure. You're trying. You know that trying feeling? You're just trying so hard. And I wonder how many of you are walking through life not experiencing joy and everything you're doing is just trying hard and you're just not fully experiencing the joy that only the Holy Spirit can give you. And I'm asking for God, I will not dress rehearse tragedy anymore. I'm gonna experience joy. I'm not gonna allow the enemy to take the joy from my life. So what I'm doing is I'm actually physically stopping my thoughts from dress rehearsing tragedy. I'm not gonna think that way. I am not going to think that way because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I'm gonna be joy filled this year. I'm not gonna allow the devil to steal those things. And you say, well, just have joy. 
Just, just have joy. Good for you that you have such a strong mind. I thank you that I'm sharing myself. I'm opening myself up and now you're judging me. Now I'm never going to share again. But I'm kidding. But, but yeah, of course. Yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm closing down here. But thank you for saying that. But Jesus said that there were certain things in our life that we're never going to get just by saying it. He said, this kind comes through prayer and fasting. Listen, for some of you, and believe me, I've, 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 I've been there before in my life, my early days. You look at alcohol and you're like, man, I think I have a problem with this. You don't want to admit it, but you do. Somebody else can have a drink, but you probably know you can't and you should probably stop, but you're actually like, how do I stop? You can't because it's a this kind thing. For some of you, 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 you can't stop being negative and it's for many reasons, your upbringing, your parents, what happened to you, your circumstances. It's uncontrollable actually what's, what's happened to you. And you can say all day long what happened to you and why you have the right to feel that way. And that's great. But the negativity is not gonna stop because you just say stop negativity. Um, Jesus said there's a this kind, and I don't know what your kind is. I don't know what it is. For me, it's dress rehearsing tragedy, you know? I, I gotta get this off my life. It's gotta go, but I, I, can't, I can't do it because it's a this kind. So you have a this kind. I don't know what it is, but you know what it is. And, um, and Jesus said, this kind only comes through prayer and fasting. The disciples were trying to get this demon out of this guy. He's going crazy and they couldn't do it. And Jesus was like, yeah, prayer and fasting is the only thing that's gonna take care of that. And we find out why they, they, they couldn't do it. In Matthew 17, 17, Jesus answered his disciples. These are like number one Christian poster child, number one draft pick disciples here. Jesus said, the reason you can't do it, he said, oh, faithless, and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? So here's these guys. Jesus, we're trying to get this demon out of this guy for you. And Jesus is like, you're faithless and you're perverted. It's like, just trying to help Jesus. Thank you for saying that publicly to everybody. Um, but he basically says you have unbelief and you're a perverse generation. And this is, this is basically what he was saying. Number one, the reason you can't beat this thing is because you're faithless, which means when you're faithless, you're disconnected from God. So you can be in church and be disconnected from God. You know, you can, you can say all you want to say and still be disconnected from God. But he's like, hey, here, you guys are right next to me. You guys are disconnected. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if the road has been hitting you guys too hard. I don't know, but you're disconnected. And then he says that you're perverse, which basically means uh, worldly, uh, a perverted, worldly spirit. He said, you're too connected to the world. You're too into what the Roman, so, Roman government, and the, some of you are too into the news. You're so into uh, social media. You're connected to, the, you're so plugged into the world. You're so in tune and they're trying to make spiritual things happen. And Jesus is like, yeah, you're disconnected from me and you're connected to the world. Not gonna happen. 
So what did he say? He told them in verse 21, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. What does prayer do? It connects you to God. And what does fasting do? Disconnects you from the world. That's it. And so if you want, if you want victory, I mean, if you really, if you honestly, if you want to say, no, I'm, I'm, this decade will not be like last decade. All right, put your money where your mouth is. Write it down and take the physical act. Is it going to hurt? Yeah. But what do you want more? Wouldn't it feel great to look at that habit and say, I don't need that. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great to say, man, I don't know the last negative thought I've had. Wouldn't it be great to stand in a moment where you should be feeling joyful and feel joyful? What can fasting do for you? What can fasting do for you? Could it be that this is the answer that God has had in front of you your whole life and you struggled so long and for so many years and maybe this year God's wanting to give you 2020 vision to look at your life and say, this is it? This is the answer? If you'll push back the desirable, you'll become desirable to God. After the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln, I thought this was amazing. Abraham Lincoln, after the Civil War, called for four fasts over the nation. And he led the fast, spiritual fast, over the nation of America, called everyone to it. And the year he finished the fourth fast was the year 1867. And after that fast, poverty was everywhere because of the war. America was divided. It was in shambles. And in 1867, right after that last fast, America was sold Alaska by Russia for $7.2 million. It was two cents an acre. And what was amazing about that year was it was from that year for the next 28 years in a row that America became the superpower that it is today because it was, that was the year that all the inventions started, the phonograph, the electric light, factories, telephone, even the car industry because of the assembly line started to boom in America. And America had a 28 year surplus after Lincoln called for four fasts in a row, but it was after the fast that the surplus boomed. And if God can do that in America, and God can do that in Daniel's life, how much more can God do in your life through this fast? It's time for you to be free. It's time for you to receive his favor. It's time for the enemy to lose this year. It's time for you to get your wife back. I felt that. It's time for you to get your husband back. It's time for you, dad, to get your families back. It's time for you to get that promotion this year. It's time for you to step up and be the leader that you know God's called you to be. And you know the things that are holding you back. And God wants you to be the best you can be. We said it. This next decade has so much potential and you'll always be the same. 
but you can change it today. You can change it starting tomorrow morning. Put it down. Get the vision. Habakkuk says to write down the vision that God's giving you. Oh, Daniel, you are very desirable to me because you pushed back that which you desired. That's all for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, there are just a couple next steps we'd love to highlight. First, you can subscribe to this podcast to stay up to date with brand new episodes every single week. You can even share this with a friend by clicking that share button you see right there on your screen. We'd also love to hear from you. So if you have a comment, you can visit us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Seven Hills Church. Lastly, we want to say thank you to those who give generously to this ministry. You're helping us impact thousands. You can click on the link in the episode's description to give now or visit us at sevenhillschurch.tv backslash give. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time.